I literally could barely sleep last night because my guest this week is someone who I just hold near and dear to my heart. We haven't seen each other in probably a few years, but she is the sweetest and most talented person, one of the most talented people I've ever met, and I'm just so excited for her. Um, she has a new movie that just came out from IFC Midnight. It's called Rent-A-Pal. You need to rent it immediately after this podcast. And she's also done a ton of other stuff. She's a meditation and manifestation coach. And she has this amazing company called Roughware, which she's going to tell us all about. Oh my God, Amy Rutledge, welcome to What's Your Jersey podcast. Oh my God, thank you. That was like an epic intro. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to talk to you and be here. I know. Um, I forgot to mention, guys, her biggest credit to date is that she was in the same sorority as I was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Oh my. AZD. And Meatballs, I call my listeners meatballs. Um, uh, she's so on brand with the podcast. I mean, not only is she from New Jersey, and she and I both went to University of Rhode Island, she also is from Italian descent. So, like, you are just hitting on so many cylinders right now, Amy. <laughs> um, what's going on? How is your day going? I don't even, because I feel like we're all kind of still in and out of quarantine. I feel like asking how you're doing in general is kind of random. So I'm just going to say, how's your day, girl? Oh, my. Um, It's interesting. I feel like no one ever asks me that on interviews. So thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, My day, I slept in. So I, I woke up at like 1030. So that was awesome. And I had an interview um, for another um, for another podcast for the film, and I was like, I really want to do something nice for myself. Like I haven't gotten my nails done in forever, and it's been pretty safe here in Jersey City. So, and I felt pretty safe going to this salon um, that's right by my house, and it's all like open, and <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of air and everything. So, I got my nails done for the first time in like probably four years. <laughs> so I did that. And then I went for a run and here we are. So I had a pretty good day. (laughs) I feel like talking to you, there's something about Amy's voice. And I feel like I felt that way since I've met you. That is very calming. I don't know what it is. Has anyone ever said that to you? Yeah. Like, well, especially when I do my meditations, um, because then I kind of like drop my voice and I kind of do this and people are like your voice is so calming and and I think it really works um for meditation especially so I've, I'm I'm grateful for that I like immediately feel at ease just the second she signed on I was like yes I love you um that's why I was so excited to have you on um and I know you've been doing she's been doing this like press tour but basically from home um yeah for, your movie that just came out and I thought let's shake it up a little bit. I'm sure you've been answering the same questions over and over again. So to kick off, what's your Jersey podcast? I wanted to ask you a few just random, random little questions to have some fun. Um, All right. And also spoiler alert, guys, there's an epic scene at the end of her movie that involves lasagna. So I thought (laughs) (laughs) starting it off with some Italian food questions might be Right on the money. Um, all right. Do you pronounce it mozzarella or mozzarella? I always said mozzarella, which is horrible. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. That's okay. We It's never too late to learn how to say mozzarella. Um, mozzarella. <laughs> oh, my God. Perfect. Okay. Do you call it sauce or gravy? I call it sauce. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's sauce. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> I'm I so glad. We're, yeah. Gravy is like you put on a turkey. Gravy, Thank like for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Sopranos or Succession? Which would you rather watch? Sopranos. Uh, girl after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever film it by where you uh, grew up in New Jersey? No. I think it was all out. I, I actually, I was it more by like Newark. 
It, yeah, or, I actually down the street where I'm staying right now in West Caldwell, where my parents live, and um, oh yeah, a lot of it was filmed here too. Best. I just know. Um, yeah. And last but not least, Real Housewives of New Jersey or Jersey Shore? Oh man, I feel embarrassed again. I haven't watched either. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> That means you are a very qualified, just talented actress that doesn't give a fuck about reality TV. I don't. And I feel bad because, like, you know, people get really into it and very excited. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All of us trash bags are bowing down to you right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, I love. I mean, I love both for their own separate reasons. Maybe we can get you hooked on something later on. Maybe. We'll but did I ever tell you actually that they did the the Wow and Snooky show? Like they literally moved in next door to me in Jersey City for oh like God, their spinoff. What? Wait, can you tell us everything? <laughs> That's really all. I mean, I because I never really watched the show. I just saw like the clips and um of like the Jersey Shore like every once in a while. And um, so they did a spinoff and they moved literally directly next door to me. So like my window was like four feet away from their window. Um, and it was, I never got to meet them and I saw them like briefly, like, you know, in passing down on the street. Um, but Snooki had like a mat, she had like this SUV kind of car. I can't even remember what it was. And it had like bright pink, like neon rims and it was a mat, um, like snakeskin, uh, car that like covered the entire car. So people would be out there all the time, like taking pictures of this car, waiting for them to come out, like right on my front stairs, basically. And it was like so annoying. And, and they were only there. And I swear, like they never lived there. It was like this big no. renovated firehouse that's like right connected to like wh- where I live. And they were like never there. I- I'm pretty sure they stayed in like some luxury like hotel and, and just came there to film every once in a while. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Just like <laughs> now when they have to film at their old Jersey Shore house, none of them stay there. They literally show up for like an hour and then they're like, we're out. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, originally, because um, we drive by it a lot where my boyfriend's parents live in Tom's River. They, the house is in Seaside and there's never anyone there. And we're like, yeah, there's no way they would stay there. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend's from Tom's River, too. Oh my god! <laughs> what twinsies? <laughs> Meatballs were not bragging about boyfriends. We could tell you many epically bad dating stories. Bad oh my god! Stories. Years worth, decades worth. <laughs> I love. Is it? It's your the boyfriend that I met at Stand Up New York when you guys came to that yep. show. Yep, Vincent. <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> Such a sweetheart. You guys have to look up. There's photos on Amy's Instagram. You guys were at the IFTV, was it festival? ITV Fest, yeah. ITV Fest, that's it. And there's mm-hmm. some beautiful pictures of you guys on the red carpet together, which I definitely oh. recommend checking out. Um, oh my God, no prob. Uh, so before we get into all things Amy, I just, because I literally just finished watching Rent-A-Pal, I, I just want to talk about your movie experience and just get that out of the way before we dive into where you're from and how you got to where you are. Um, I loved it. I'm going to first give my just like reactions on it because I'm a so proud of you. Um, I literally, I first watched the trailer and I watched it on demand at like one o'clock in the morning and screamed bloody murder because I was so excited to just see your name on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, yeah! <laughs> uh, no, but I a fell in love with your character immediately. Like just everything about her. Like I was just like, she's just so lovable. But my favorite thing about your performance, it just seems so nuanced and you and the male lead, you guys flipped a switch from being like super sweet with each other to like terrifyingly creepy. And you did it flawlessly. So guys, this movie will give you chills. And it's just, it's one of those thriller horror movies that just sneaks up on you. And you're like, what the fuck after it ends? <laughs> um, so that's my Siskel and Ebert review. Oh, thank you, Jacqueline. <laughs> yes. 
tell everyone like the premise and just what your character Lisa is all about. So it takes place in 1990 and um, John Stevenson, the director, writer, editor, he found this tape and it's called Rent a Friend um, a while back. And this is a real actual VHS tape. And he was going through like a really dark period in his life and he was like, who would watch this? And so he watched it and he just came up with this idea of, of Rent-A-Pal. And so basically the lead character, um, David, played by Brian Landis Falcons, he's, they call him like a sad sack, which I think is a great word for him. Um, <laughs> you know, he's Perfect. basically, he's living in his mom's basement and he's taking care of her and she has dementia and things are really hard for him. He's very lonely. He's living in the basement. He doesn't have a job and his sole you know, purpose in life is basically to take care of his mom who's really rotten to him. And not just because she has dementia, she was always, you know, like that. She was always very abusive and unkind. His father's passed away. Um, so it's just them two. And so he's trying to find a date um, through this VHS dating um, site. And so he finds my character through this dating site. We, we match up um, a little, you know, after a couple mishaps <laughs> before that. And we really hit it off and, you know, my character is, is super kind and loving and compassionate and she's a caregiver and that's her job. And so he's very, you know, excited because, you know, I'm, I'm very understanding of his circumstances and I don't judge him and, you know, we really have a good time together. Well, meanwhile, he finds this tape called Rent-A-Pal. And so basically the Rent-A-Pal is this guy named Andy and he's played by Will Wheaton um, from Stand By Me and and the Star Trek, and I think he's yeah he's in the Big Bang Theory too. And uh, the and the critics keep calling him a creepy Mister Rogers, which I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so basically, it's like this this whole recorded you know uh, conversation he's having, but he leaves um, space in between the time so that the other person watching can actually talk back and have this actual conversation this dialogue um so it's really weird and at first he's kind of like weirded out and, and he's like this is really creepy um but he's so lonely and desperate and he's also drinking a lot and so he actually really takes a big liking to andy and this tape and he becomes obsessed with it and then i won't i guess say the rest because i don't want to ruin the ending <laughs> yes no. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though, is you roller skating. And yeah, <laughs> I just, I want to know, and I feel like any meatball that watches the movie from like an actor's point of view, like it's hard enough just being authentic and real in a scene. Did you find it like even harder to like throw on roller skates and then just have like a real connection? Yeah, I mean, well, so I... I I roller skated a ton when I was like, you know, in sixth grade, like that was the thing to do. The Villa roller rink, we'd all go over Friday night. So I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm sure it's like riding a bike. I didn't even think of like trying it before we got out. I, I got out to Denver to actually film. Yeah. And so I got up and I was like, oh, wow, like this is, this is a little harder. Like I was like very uneasy and unsteady. And it's funny because <laughs> they were like, Amy, no, like, you you're the good you skate good like david's the one that <laughs> david's the one that is like a shitty like skater and i was like no I, like i'm not acting like i can't <laughs> i'm having a hard time here <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was pretty funny but um i think like after a couple minutes of like being you know on the skates it was like riding a bike again like it was it was pretty easy i like landed right back into it and then i was just so full of joy because I'm like, this is my childhood. This is like, you know, something I've always, <laughs> this movie was like everything that I like hoped and dreamed for, like as a child. And like, yeah. here I am like playing, you know, this character back in the nineties and roller skating again, it seemed to come like kind of full circle for me in that moment. And I was just so excited. And the connection that we had in that moment was, I think the best that we had had you know, throughout the whole film, like we were just kind of doing our own thing. Um, you know, I was dancing and, and they cut some of it out, but we, you know, I was like dancing and he was pushing me and I was pretending like I was flying and me and him kind of just me and David, um, or Brian Landis Vulcans, we kind of just did our own thing and, and they loved it. And 
it, it was just the most joyful, fun experience that I think I've ever had filming something before. That's so cool. It was so sweet and just felt natural. And I feel like honestly, sometimes if you put in like an activity like that, it kind of makes you forget about the lines and just be. Yeah. So like it is absolutely <laughs> it probably actually just made you like just focus on like trying to skate and like be authentic and just react how you yeah. would normally react. Yeah. I'm a big fan of having like activities to do um acting. Um, it just makes things easier for me. I think, I don't know what you, if what you do, but. <laughs> oh my God. I always need stuff to do. Are you kidding yeah. me? I can't just like focus on one thing. No, yeah. 100%. When I write jokes, I have to go running. Like that's the only way I can like expand the brain and like mm -hmm. stop and get out of my head. Um, mm -hmm. I want to know you were on location for this. Like this yeah. wasn't filmed in Jersey city. I mean, how cool was it for you to just get flown out and to just be in Denver? Like, what was that like for you? I felt like a celebrity. I was so just grateful. And I had kind of been putting out to the universe and praying on that. I was like, you know, I want to build a film, a feature film where I'm the lead. And I want it to be in another state so I can travel to somewhere I've never been. Um, and that they will pay for my flight and my apartment there. And that's exactly what happened. So it was kind of like my mind was just like, whoa, like I manifested this, you know, and there was just so much synchronicity. But anyway, so just being out there and being flown out, like I was just so excited, so grateful and just really feeling like, wow, like all my dreams are really coming true and that anything is truly possible. Um, and then when I got there, they they put me on this beautiful Airbnb. It was this apartment and it had like a fireplace. I had like fluffy carpets on the ground. And it was just the most amazing, beautifully decorated place like I've ever been in. And I was just crying and I was just like taking pictures of every little detail. And the production company, um, you know, put all these goodies in there for me. They, they stocked up my fridge with food, um, snacks. And the producer, Anna, she even like had these little presents for me, like these little ring holders and like little stickers and they had a water bottle. And I just felt so uh, just really, truly valued and just so appreciative and grateful. I feel like if anyone's more deserving of this, it's you. Um, oh, thank like you. Even, <laughs> no, when I see your posts and everything now, Meatballs, I met Amy um, I would love to say five years ago, but it was probably more like over 10 years ago. Um, and not to give our ages out, but I whatever. think it's more, but <laughs> we don't want to, no one knows our age. So you're also a freak of nature that eternally will look like you're 18. Um, oh my God. Thank you. So do you though. Oh, oof, girl, you have not you. aged every time I see you. Um, Amy, is one of the most talented people, but also one of the most humble people. So I feel like between all the things you've been through in life and all the different like career paths you've chosen and taken, like to see you just so happy achieving your goals, achieving your dreams. And I feel like this is just the beginning. It's just like, yes, fuck yes. Like this is something that like is possible. And it's so inspiring, I think, for anyone that may want to give up or has tried like to make their dreams come true and feels like it's not going to happen. I feel like your story is just so important to tell. Um, so I feel like the point of what's your Jersey podcast is to tell everyone where you're from and how you got to where you are. Um, so tell us where New Jersey you're from. Okay. So I'm from Northwest New Jersey out by Pennsylvania um, in Warren County. And I grew up there. Um, we kind of grew up, you know, on top of a mountain in the middle of the woods and it's very rural. Like there's cornfields everywhere. Like we had to drive a half an hour, 40 minutes just to get to like a decent mall or like a movie theater. <laughs> um, but I did have the roller, roller, uh, the villa roller rink right down the street for me. So that was a clutch. But, um, and then I ended up moving out to Jersey City. Um, I was pretty young. I think I was 20 or – yeah, I, I couldn't even drink yet. So I think I was around 20, 21 or – no, I was like 22 actually um, because I was booking some independent films in 
the Jersey City area and New York City and Brooklyn. And I was driving, you know, sometimes I would be on the road like to get to Brooklyn. I did a feature indie film there and, you know, it would take me three hours to get there and sometimes three hours back depending on the traffic. And I was just so tired. What do you say? That's so crazy. I know how that feels driving from like South Jersey into New York during yeah. the rush hour for like an audition. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, and that same thing too. Thanks for reminding me. It's like you would, I would drive, I would pay at the time. I, I didn't know any better. So I would like drive into the city, par- pay to park. Oh yeah. Sometimes it would be like 50 bucks yeah. just to audition for five seconds and then go all the way home again. <laughs> so you, you understand. Um, but yeah, so I decided to move to Jersey City just so I could be close. And um, uh, yeah, and wait, so how? <laughs> what else should I say? Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I want to know where URI came into play there because I remember I first joined a sorority and that's cool meatballs if you're not into sororities, but I feel like we had a really solid, good crew there, but you weren't there. Yeah. When I first joined. And then my big sister, Nicole Sedlicek, she was roommates with you in the house, right? Yep. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this little ball of energy and talent just showed up. And I was like, <gasps> she's like me. She likes the art, <laughs> but she's cool as fuck. Yeah. I thought the same of you. I was like, oh, thank God. Like someone else is like into acting and dancing and singing and. It was like love at first sight. Um, yeah, so I went. I went to URI. I went for theater acting, and I, I did like like it. Some parts of me, but there was a lot of parts of me that like just wanted to be in New York City, and I just wanted to be acting. And I was kind of yeah. like young and like naive. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to to get to go to college to become an actor. And um, but we actually really had a great program that, there. So I'm I'm kind of you know slightly I'm always a little sad that like I didn't really appreciate what I had when I was there because I thought you know the program we did have was actually pretty extraordinary. Um, yeah, and so I I went through I joined AZ and it's funny because I would like that's not something that I ever 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 expected myself to do is join a sorority because I just always had like you know, kind of like this ego thing about it. Like, oh, it's so like you're buying friends kind of thing. And yeah. that's, that's just like what I heard from other people, you know, so I was just like regurgitating that, you know. Um, but one of my sweet mates joined and I saw how much fun she was having and I saw like how happy she was. And she was like, you know, why don't you join Katie, Katie West? Yes. And so me and Nicole and a bunch of other people, we we ended up joining but it was kind of cool because I was kind of like, whatever. So nothing ever like, like, you know, we went through kind of like the hazing, which really wasn't that, you know, big of a deal. But for me, I was like, I never cried. I never like, I was like, whatever, like, I don't care, you know? <laughs> so it was kinda, yeah. So it was kind of cool that like I went in with kind of like that attitude already or like that perspective um, because it just made it so much easier to like go through everything. And, but you know what, you know, it was great because I'm glad that we got to meet, um, and I went, I went home for a semester because I had just had some um, things that I was dealing with and I came back again. And then that was my sophomore year, I think. And then that's when I met you, Jacqueline, and you were um, choreographing like our dances. And I was like, this is awesome. And I loved you from that moment, from that moment on. <laughs> I do have to say, Amy, I literally will never forget. She had this performance of the song Twilight. Uh, by Vanessa Carlton, and she played the piano. Was it? I think it was for Miss Greek Week. Uh, it was. Yeah. And it to this day, I've never seen a performance like more chilling and just beautiful, but also like subtle. Like there was no pushing, and it was just. I I will never forget it, and I'm going to make her do a little bit of it. Not saying I'm. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I from that moment on, I was just like, yes. Even when we were, I was just in the car with my mom and he was like, she asked who I was having on. And I started telling her about this performance and she was like, you got to tell that story about Twilight. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was phenomenal. And if anyone could get you to do it again, I, I wish you had a video of it or something. I um, do too. I think I had a VHS of it or my mom recorded it and um, I had brought it to, I remember at one point I was trying to be like a singer. I don't know who I thought it was, but I had met with some guy who worked for like MTV and 
I had brought it in for him. And then I think I never got it back. I think I left it there. And so it's just gone forever, which really sucks because I would have loved to have had that memory. Oh my gosh. Me <laughs> too. God yeah. damn it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Amy's family is very talented. Um, her little sister was also in our sorority. And now Ronnie, isn't she a, like amazing film editor? And she's yeah. working in the entertainment industry too. Yeah, she's worked on a lot of huge stuff. She edited a lot of um, feature films and and TV shows, worked with a lot of really great, amazing actors and directors. And so now she's getting her master's in film directing. And I think she's on her third year now. But yeah, she's amazing. And I'm like so excited to see what's going to open up for her because the story she wants to tell and as a female film director are just so unique and interesting and creative and just stories that you know, you've never seen or heard before. So I'm, I'm very excited for her, for that, for that journey and to be able to work with her too. I'm like, can you just put me in like all your films? <laughs> I was just going to ask, have you guys worked together yet? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the, whatever you need kind of guy for her films. Yeah. Uh, she did a few, you know, she has to do a lot of films for uh, during the school year. And so I've helped with like, you know, holding the boom mic and I've helped like with the props and I've helped, you know, like, painting and you know like you name it like i've i've helped helped coordinating you know the actors and produce and (laughs) um and i act actually i think i yeah i did act in a couple of her things and um which has been really awesome too because she then like her classmates will ask me to be in their stuff too which has been like really awesome so i've got kind of like gotten in with like i think i've done like four four or five of like her classmates films as well which is really awesome I feel like every little gig you do leads to another gig, which is something that people should think of when maybe like something comes up and you're like, oh, it's a student film. Well, no, that student could be Francis Coppola someday. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't I not, I don't even know, like the, the equipment that these students have now are amazing. Like they have incredible equipment and and access to these amazing cameras. And like the footage that I've gotten from some of these are just just as good as anything else. And I will always do student films if someone needs me to, um, <laughs> because you just are always learning and you're making connections and making friends. And, you know, I did a short film that was a student film, um, uh, ended up going into festivals all around the world. I won Bassett Actress two times for this role. And it was a student film that I could have easily been like, Oh, you know, like it's a student film, whatever, not going to do this. But it, like I met, I met so many other people that I've now then created with after the fact. A bunch, actually. One of the the AC on that film, um, she directed me in a film. Like two years later, the producer on that film has brought me in for like th- four or five things. So you just never know. Ugh. And I want to know how you combine. So not only is Amy really talented. But now you're a meditation instructor and you actually, your website is meditatewithamy.com and you even, you teach, well, I don't know if you're still doing it because of the pandemic and everything, but you were even doing for teens self-love and meditation and all of that. So I want to know when that kind of crept in alongside your whole performing career. It started about two, I've been teaching for a year and a half. So actually- Two years ago, almost to the month, this month, two years ago, I I started uh, my certification for mindfulness and loving kindness in the city um, with the Nolanda Institute for Contemplative Sciences. And, uh, but it's something that, you know, meditation is something I've been doing for the last 10 years, I'd say. And it's helped me in miraculous ways to heal from so many things mentally, emotionally, and physically that I, I decided, you know, what a better way to, you know, serve and to give back and to show people how they too can release their suffering. Um, so I decided to become a meditation instructor. And so I've been teaching now for a year and a half and yeah, I am still teaching via, I, I've, I've been teaching more than I've ever taught in my career so far. Oh my because God, of, <laughs> <laughs> um, just because especially when the pandemic hit, you know, people started reaching out to me and they were like, you know, can you please t- teach us? And and everyone's so open to it now and you know people are really needing or and realizing the the great value of it and so that just makes me really happy and i am teaching the teen self love um i started on monday uh, my own program and i 
it's every Monday at 4 p.m. And um, I also taught a couple libraries, um, this teen self-love meditation. And it just feels really good because it's something that I wish I had learned a long time ago. I feel like it could have helped me navigate uh, so many difficult challenges and also you know, cultivating self-love and self-worth, self-value and just confidence and, you know, just helping me to believe in miracles. I think everything's possible. And if you can imagine it, you can achieve it and nothing's out of reach. Um, so it's exciting for me to be able to, you know, teach the younger uh, generation. And I feel like if, if, if I can teach everyone to meditate, you know, the world would be such a better place because more people would be happy and and have the tools to take care of themselves before they take care of anyone else. I think that's so important. I feel like I really needed you in my life about 15 years ago. Um, (laughs) And now um, I feel like, I think sometimes people forget about teens and especially right now with everything that's going on, teens are being homeschooled. Like they're not having the same experience that we had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're they're not getting that com- connection, that friendship. Um, you know, connecting with other other teens and kind of figure things out in that way. And I just feel like, you know, it's great that we have this technology where we can, you know, see each other on the screens, but you know, it there's nothing like that energy of being with another human being, you know, in the same space. Um, so it's kind of sad. And and I can imagine like how stressful that could be to do like the homeschooling and like the parents and like, you know, I just can't even imagine like how I just feel so like bad for for everyone in the teachers. (laughs) I feel like there's no escape for people. And that's why like even having like a life coach or just a meditation coach, a self-care, self-love coach, just to talk to that's not someone in your family just to just get it out on is so helpful right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just taught this, um, this girl, she was 16 and we had a couple one-on-one sessions and she was just like, I never knew this kind of thing existed. And she was like, you saved my life. And it was just like so rewarding. And just the fact that it really opened her up and she, I told her about, I always tell everyone about the insight timer app because it's a free app and there's like resources from, all different kinds of teachers from all around the world, all different kinds of practices, traditions. And it's just an amazing resource really. And she was like, you know, I, I didn't know that you could meditate before you go to sleep. She's like, I had the best sleep of my whole life. And she was just like, you really like changed my life. And if I could just like reach so many, you know, if I can just reach even just one person, really, like, I, I just feel like my job on this earth is, is complete. So what do you say to someone like me who's definitely tried meditation, who liked it when I tried it, but I, I don't continue with it? Like even morning affirmations, I my my guest last week, Annabelle DeSisto, gave me all these links and I one morning listened to everything and I was like, yes, this is great. And then that was it. How do you stay consistent with it? Yeah, I think it's hard. I'm, I'm, I find a hard time sometimes. Sometimes I just want to bounce out of bed and like read all the social media junk that's on my phone. And but I think, um, just because hmm. that's what I did this morning. It was the worst. I literally <laughs> saw a video that Perez Hilton posted about some woman saying she never wears masks. Don't wear masks. Everything's a conspiracy theory. Then mm-hmm. I went down a goddamn rabbit hole on her Instagram, saw that she oh, was from, like South Philly. Then I started like looking at her brother and her sisters being like, how oh my I'm God. Like, <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like 10 a.m. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not okay. yeah, I think knowing that it's not, I mean, does it make you feel good when you do that? Not at all. Man. Exactly. Yeah. Man. So I thought. I th- and I totally get that because I do the same thing. Um, but I think knowing that I don't want to feel like hitting, like hitting like your limit of like, I don't want to do that to myself anymore. Like I want to take care of myself and knowing that when you start your day off, you know, it's just so much things flow. If you knew that things could flow so much more easier and peaceful, um, you know, maybe you would, you would try, you know, trying that first thing in the morning and, it's it's hard though. It's hard to cultivate any any habit. So I think 
maybe trying this insight timer app and maybe you know you need to find the right sort of meditation for you because i know not every meditation technique is good for everyone especially you know with me i i found at first i like i really appreciate mindfulness a lot and i think it's it's beautiful and it's a profound way to bring peace into your life and to really appreciate what's happening in the present moment and not getting lost in rumination or projecting forward into the future um but there's some days where i'm like i this is not useful for me and so like creative visualization is is better for me and um or you know the affirmations maybe will be better for me another day um so maybe it's for you just maybe going on the app e- even and just trying to discover like what really resonates with you so because if you don't really like it you you're not going to want to do it um so I, w- I would i would recommend just like trying to find a practice or you know something there's like it, on that app it's really great and by the way i don't get anything for shouting out this app like i just <laughs> not, <a> sponsored. <laughs> no, not at all um i i just really love it and it's helped me a lot so i like to um just tell everyone because also it's a really great way of discovering and becoming curious of what's going to work for you and what doesn't. Um, and it's free. So you can just like scroll through like all these hundreds of thousands of different kinds of meditation practices and there's different themes. So you can click like, Oh, Hey, like I want to, you know, I want one for anxiety or depression, or there's one for addiction, sleep. Um, there's just so many different kinds and there's even like a time, time category. So if you have like five minutes a day, then you could just push the five minute one and all the meditations come up. Um, so I recommend trying that. And also, you know, if letting yourself off the hook, you know what I mean? Like just being really easy and, and gentle and, and meditation is a practice. So the more you do it, the easier that it gets. And then the more you'll want to start your day in that way, because you can see the positive effects of how it in, influences your day. And so positively. Um, so that's really helpful too, for me. Um, and I, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I heard you talk about, you know, booking rent a pal. And I feel like from everything you've said, it was kind of kismet and you almost manifested it. And I just wanted to know how your meditation and manifestation practices impacted booking rent a pal and like how you got to like where you are. Yeah, I think when you're meditating, there's something special and really magical that's really hard to kind of explain in words um, happens. I think there's this like, it's kind of like you're unlocking like a superpower almost. Um, Maybe knowing that, maybe knowing that or wording it in that way will make you want to meditate more. (laughs) Yeah, superpower. Yes. And also knowing that even if you do it for two minutes a day, that's, that's worth it. So, you know, you can let yourself off the hook. If one day you don't do it, that's fine. If you want to do it for two minutes, if you're like, okay, I have two minutes, just give myself two minutes. I think that that that's doable, right? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I mean, I scrolled yeah. for an hour and a half this morning. Like, yeah. So maybe ooh. like counterbalance that with like, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to say this affirmation for two minutes. Or even just like meditation could look like so many things, like visualizing what you want in your life, like visualizing. So this is an, another way that I think um, that's helpful man- manifesting what you want is creatively visualizing as if you've already received the goal that you're trying to reach. So like, you know, first thing when you wake up in the morning, you can just kind of with all your five senses, notice where does this put you? Where does this goal take you? So like, it could be anything from career to health, to money, to, you know, maybe even relationships, um, friendships, even and just, imagining yourself as if one year has already passed and then uh, kind of just observing what's around you with all your five senses. So noticing what can you hear, you know, are there people applauding for you? Um, Is there music playing or, you know, can you hear someone talking to you? What can you see? Like what people are around you? Are you, you know, on stage somewhere? Do you see an audience in front of you? What can you taste what can you smell um what can you feel or touch like maybe you feel your clothes that you're wearing maybe you're at an award show you know holding an award standing at a podium wearing like a a beautiful gown and you can feel like the silk on your body and just really going into that detail of you know exactly what you want and as if you've already received this and so doing that when you first wake up and you only have to do it for like two minutes 
um, and maybe doing it, you know, a couple minutes before you go to sleep as well. And um, so it's really cool. The subconscious mind doesn't know um, whether something's real or vividly imagined. It simply just responds to your programming. So it's it's a fascinating. Um, and I'm here to tell you that it's actually true because I've done this so many times and things have showed up for me in so many ways. And that's another reason why I got, I think I got this role. I feel like you've been, I'm just preparing for this like your whole life. I mean, you've wanted to be an actress since you were a little girl. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like all your practices along the way have definitely like led you in that direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think like it's all, I can see now like back like all the steps and I've had some really traumatic t- trying times as well. And, you know, I've suffered a lot you know, as we all do. And, but I can look back now and say, wow, this was all pointing me in the direction of where I am now. And I feel like everything's coming together with the meditation, with the acting and one's helping the other. And I'm like, I'm just so grateful that, you know, even there was times where things were so painful, but I can look back now and be like, you know, thank God that all happened or else I would not be where I am right now. Yeah. I want to know, what it was like actually having a movie premiere during a pandemic. Like you couldn't, you know, go to a big red carpet and a premiere. Mm-hmm. Like what did you guys do as an alternative to still celebrate rent of house? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm not going to lie. That was a, like, I was really sad about that. Um, you know, and I think rightfully so, you know, it's like I've lived my entire life to have a film finally, <laughs> come out on theaters and the big screen across the country and and it's in the middle of a pandemic um of course <laughs> and Thank theaters <laughs> yeah and but you know what like it's another one of those things where like synchronicity and like the universe i feel like has been you know kind of orchestrating everything um you know because when we first heard the, heard the news i'm like well theaters aren't even open so it's kind of like putting that out there and like praying and meditating on that and it turns out like two weeks before my film's supposed to premiere, theaters are open. So in some ways, there are some really like wonderful surprises that have happened. And like I actually yeah. got to go see myself in the drive-in movie theater, which I never expected in a million years because drive-in movie theaters weren't even like a thing anymore. So <laughs> I mean, like, that must have been even cooler. <laughs> it was. And like I grew up going to drive-in movie theaters. I That was like my favorite thing in the world. I watched Jurassic Park there. I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, I feel like I'm like dating myself right now, but... <laughs> um, no, you're not. Like, Everyone loves those movies. <laughs> um, but like being at that drive-in movie theater under the stars with my family and friends, watching myself in a drive-in movie theater, which I never thought would happen because, you know, drive-in movie theaters were kind of like a dying thing. Uh, it thing it's like things came full circle for me and I was like oh my god like I did it like this is what I had dreamed of as a child my childhood dream has literally come true so Ugh. there's so many miracles that have come out of this um and unfortunately yeah we didn't get the the red carpet event we didn't get the premiere with everyone you know and they were going to fly me back to have the premiere and you know hang out and celebrate with everyone so we didn't get to do that which was kind of a bummer but we did get to do the zoom um, thing we did it a couple times when we first found out that IFC had um, acquired the film. We all, you know, got on and like cheers each other and gave each other a virtual high five. And then again, the actual opening day, we um, all joined on on Zoom again, the casting crew, and we were just able to tell each other how much we love each other. And so that was really awesome. Um, and it's also cool because it's like I've been able to interview with people all over the country and. In a couple of weeks, we're actually doing a live Q and A with um, in the UK. They're doing this this big horror festival. It's called the Grim Fest. I think it's it's in London and it's in Ireland, I believe. And so they wanted to do this, you know, audio, live audience Q and A with the cast. And so we get to do that via Zoom. So I feel kind of fortunate because I've been able to talk to and interact with people from all over the country and then the world. Um, without even having to like get out of my pajama. So that's also kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I was like, we could do it like with video and do all that, but let's do audio. <laughs> We're both, like, we just want to talk and not have makeup on and just be us right now. And so yeah. that's we're just talking. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. 
I love that you're going to do like a whole horror festival thing. I've done a few horror movies in my time and I wanted to know, cause you have such a good scream in the movie. Mm, thank you. you do. It's great. And you guys have to watch <laughs> until the end to see the scream. Um, to ever, because I always like, I've been asked on like podcasts or like certain radio shows to just do the scream, like off the cuff. And it's mm-hmm. not like you practice your scream all the time, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to know, do you ever like feel like you're going to lose it? Or like, do you go into a car and practice it? Like, how did that even like come about for you where you knew you had a good scream? Uh, it was from the depths of my soul, from all the rage that I've <laughs> encountered in my life. <laughs> It's like, I I don't know, like, I was always good at it. And I think from like the first horror film that I've done, like, I don't even know, like, I was, it was a long time ago. And I kind of just got f- positive feedback from them. And they were like, you know, you have an amazing scream. And I was like, oh, cool. But I feel like I probably practiced it when I was a kid. I'm sure I did. You know, I, I practiced all those kinds of weird things as a child. <laughs> of course. Didn't all of us weird creative types do it? Um <laughs> I feel like being on like horror movie sets or like really dark drama sets actually have more of like a funny, playful vibe than some of the comedy sets I've been on. And I wanted to know if you have any like funny stories from filming in Denver or anything that like really sticks out in your head that we wouldn't know from watching the movie. I I think that's funny because you're like the third person that's actually said that. Um, And I haven't done too many comedy to to actually know that <laughs> but i know <laughs> i've had such a joyful fun experience on all the horror films i've done so um yeah this and this wasn't any exception we we laughed the whole time i've laughed so hard uh the interactions b- between everyone and and especially with uh brian and kathleen who plays his mom they're hysterical oh they're just like whipping out like the show tunes and like doing everything in like different dialects and they're just hysterical. Um, so I, I've never laughed so hard and everyone is just, everyone on set. I don't know if it's just like the people in Denver or like, I'm just really lucky that I keep getting matched with like amazing human beings, but they were magical. They were so kind and everyone was so excited and happy and grateful just to be on set and you could just feel it. And it just felt so, so good. Um, but they had this little game that they would play and I thought it was so funny. It's called pound the mounds and you know, <laughs> you know like mound bars, which I think are absolutely disgusting. Like Gross. I don't know how, yeah, don't it's like, Oh, nasty. It's like fake coconut. Oh, uh, I yeah. like throw up right now. just talking about it, <laughs> but so- sorry, mounds people. I hope no one's listening, sorry, but no. um, yeah. So they had, like mounds bars on set randomly and so basically like the idea was you take one and chuck it at someone like whoever and if they catch it they have to pound the mound so they have to like you know chug the mound i guess (laughs) essentially (laughs) which is nasty and no one ever wants to do that you know so like every once in a while like we'd be filming and then like someone would randomly like slap a mound in someone's (laughs) like slap it on their face or you know and then no one would want to catch it so they'd be like ah like like freaking out like trying to get away from it um so that was really funny to me because i don't know i just think that was so funny and creative and then i realized the second or third time that i watched the film they actually have old like 1990s mound bars when he opens a cupboard i think he's making maybe macaroni and cheese or he's making something he's in the kitchen he opens it and there's like this old 1990 like mound bar just sitting there and i'm like dying laughing i'm like oh i wish people knew like why like this is significant oh my god <laughs> but now you guys will know <laughs> now we know found <laughs> the mound <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god amazing um i want to know did you get into like a zen state before you were performing or like was that all just like already in your body or did you have to like go away and be quiet before you film scenes or like what did you do as your process during this film yeah I took some time um I took some time to meditate and actually I guess I should say that I the first time I had gone out there I had gotten a little bit of altitude sickness um so I was pretty sick the one day and uh I actually kind of like fainted and one of the guys, one of the guys on set like caught me and they were like, everyone was kind of like freaking out. They're like, we take her to the hospital. I ended up being fine. Oh um, but I just, 
felt like I couldn't breathe and I was like super dehydrated because the air is so dry and I just wasn't used to it. Are um, you sure you weren't just like chowing down on like CBD gummies? And- no. <laughs> I, I wish. I know. I I've not found one that actually has worked for me. So I, if you know any, please send. Oh send my god! My way. No, no people that have brought like really good ones back from Colorado for me. I get like nauseous and like ill from anything like that. I wish I could take them. But. Oh yeah, yeah. Same. I I don't know. I haven't had one yet, so we'll see. I yeah. kind of stopped trying because I'm like, I don't. This isn't worth it. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I ended up not doing anything. I, n- I didn't get like any of that while I was out there. Um, but now, I don't know, maybe next time because I wouldn't mind trying like a, like a candy or something. Oh but, my God. Yeah, so. Um, I feel like. I talking about? <laughs> no, I, I just want to know now because especially if you if you watch Renapal, like you just have such a natural ease about you in this movie. And I could see you in like every movie from like here on out. Like I, I just want to know like what you want to do next because the world needs to know how multi-talented you are and how many things you can do. I just want to know like what path you would love to do right now. Yeah. Thank you. So I, I mean, I really want to be in like an outer space. That's just like my nerdy like dream. Like I want to be in an outer space movie, like so freaking bad. Like, I mean, anything with like strong female, like badass, you know, kick-ass kind of roles. Like I would love to showcase like fighting skills and, you know, um, just, I, I really like sci-fi um, sort of like post-apocalyptic sort of dystopian kind of tales. And um, so I'd love to be in anything like that. And, I, I, you know, it would be really cool to like do something where I'm like singing and dancing too. Like I kind of have like this secret wish where I could like be in like I don't even know like not like Glee, but like kind of like a movie where you know it's like I a feel musical. Like, we write it. like we need to write like a post-apocalyptic musical. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually started writing this um, web series and um, where like I could actually like showcase my talents. You know, like fighting and. Um, not singing and dancing, but uh, it's kind of takes place in this dystopian world. And um, I don't want to no, give anything away, but I, I've only written like the first two uh, seasons or the first two um, uh, episodes so far. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Well, I feel like your career right now is so inspiring also because you're not afraid to work on like side ventures, like your meditation stuff, but you mm-hmm. also have roughware. And I want to know, tell the meatballs about roughware and like how you kind of gave yourself permission to work on something else that isn't just acting or singing. Like how did that even come about? Yeah. And I, th- I think that was like a crucial lesson for me, especially with doing all three um, you can't like, there was a time where I was just completely basing like my life and like my value off of, you know, my acting and my acting jobs. And I just think that's so unhealthy and you have to be able to find other things that give you joy on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And when you're living your joy and doing things that make you, you know, are full, make you feel fill, filled up with, you know, just love of life. Um, I think miracles flow in that way and you can reach your dreams faster and so I was, I was really sick and I was on a lot of medicine at one point and I couldn't act anymore. And I was completely devastated because literally that's like the only thing that I had that was, you know, bringing me joy, even though I was like acting when I was like in so much pain. And, um, so I had to take a forced time out. And so my sister, Veronica, who you're, we were talking about earlier, um, she, Hi, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I wish she was here. I know. She oh, better fucking listen to this. <laughs> she will. <laughs> she will. Sorry, I've been cursing so much. I'm just so. Passionate. Um. No, I curse too, and like <laughs> I've been like trying very, and, and I think it's like why I'm like take so long to like get words out and stuff because I'm like very carefully trying to monitor myself because I swear so much, and like on some of these I'm like, oh, sorry, like can I not say that? So I'm kind of like you know, taking my time, like, (laughs) but if we can swear on here, then fuck it. (laughs) I should have asked you that before we started. You're fine. Um, So yeah, with rough wear, my sister bought me ceramic classes because I was pretty much bedridden and, you know, I couldn't do anything else. And I, and she knew like I needed something that was creative from, for an outlet for me. So I just started going, taking classes and 
I loved it. And I was something that really gave me, you know, to look forward to. It gave me hope and it just gave me joy. And there's something so magical about working with the clay that comes from like our earth. Like it's just so fascinating to me. And you can literally make whatever you want. You can reuse it. You can recycle. Like it's just, it's just awesome. And so I started making these little like jewelry tray dishes and not thinking anything of it, but I was kind of, you know, I was proud of myself. I was like, oh, yeah, these are cool. I didn't know I would be able to do this, but, but then, you know, family members and friends, they were like, you got to make an Etsy store. This is awesome. And I was like, no, like, come on. And so finally enough people, you know, said something about it that I was like, oh, okay, I I guess. So I started really like pumping things out and I started, you know, getting chosen for art shows and like female craft shows and you know, I made my Etsy store and I was getting offers to do wedding favors for um, a couple people, which was really awesome. And, um, you know, favors for um, different companies who wanted to give out like a handmade favor or like a Christmas or like a holiday gift for their clients. And so, you know, that really took off for me. And it was really awesome because, you know, it's, it's something that I can do like at any time and um, it brings me joy. And so I feel like kind of all of these three things came together at like a perfect point where, you know, I found other things that give me my life meaning and joy and value and besides, you know, just acting. So like when I'm not acting, I'm not like depressed or, you know, I'm not like feeling sad that I'm not doing what I want. Like I'm still doing things that I want um, in oh, other perfect. ways and other capacities. I feel like that's the healthiest way as a performer to look at everything to know that it's not just about acting, that you have to be a full, well-rounded person who does other things, you know? Exactly. Because you're not white knuckling everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like- and just like really filling yourself up with things that make you feel good. Like constantly, that's one thing I really learned is like consistently asking myself, well, what would feel really good in this moment? And like, maybe it's to take a swim or like, maybe it's to take a bike ride or you know, maybe it's to punch a pillow or cry or like take a nap, you know, just like constantly taking care of yourself in that way. I think that's so important, especially right now. I feel like I personally keep forgetting to check in with myself. I know people that do that are especially like caregivers, kind of like, like Elisa, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, who just try to take care of other people and forget to check in. So meatballs, check in with yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to talk to you for a million more hours. Um, <laughs> but I, we might talk after this. Um, <laughs> yes. I want to know, um, what, uh, what are you working on anything right now? I know this is like a weird time and productions aren't like super up, but is there anything else you have in the works that's going on? Or are you just doing you and teaching your classes? Um, yeah, so I'm working on that script that I had just mentioned earlier, and my sister and I are going to kind of combine forces and do a short film that I'm going to act in, and she's going to direct, and it's going to be like a sci-fi kind of, um, uh, I don't know how to even explain it, um, not an experimental film, but I don't know, maybe we'll just call it that for now, um, Where <laughs> and it's kind of, it, it'll be kind of like telling the tale of what I've dealt with through my own um, debilitating disease and, um, and, and that, yeah, I don't, I like, don't even know how to like explain it, but that's kind of like know. what we're going to be working on in the winter. Um, yeah. And things are really weird because of, you know, production and, you know, they're going back to production. Some people are getting sick. So I think um, I'm just kind of like riding the wave out right now and just, you know, yeah. Teaching meditation and I'm um, taking care of myself and writing like if it feels good. Um, have you and your boyfriend been quarantining and living together through all of this? I just want to know for the meatballs who are in relationships or not in relationships, what you've been doing to navigate all of this being in a relationship. We didn't stay together, actually. I mean, like we were together together, but we didn't quarantine together, actually. So we live about about 10 blocks away. We don't live with each other yet. And I have I had a couple of roommates and he has a couple of roommates, but we have like great uh, deals on like where we live right now, basically. And yeah. so when we were talking about him, like we, when things started to get pretty bad, um, I only thought I had no idea how long that it would go on for, you know? And so we were like, you know, I was teaching meditation. I really like my space. 
um, I have all my, my tools and like my self-care stuff. And like, I just really like my bed and same with him. Like he really loves his bed. He can't sleep here, you know, and he has a hard time sleeping. And so we ended up having to go like three and a half months without, um, seeing each other, which was really hard. Wow. Um, yeah, we would towards the end, it started to get like, I was like, this sucks. And I felt so lonely and like really like down. And I was like, we need to like try to figure out how to do something. So he has like a pretty big backyard in his, um, behind his apartment. And so like we would stay like 10 feet apart from each other and he would be like on one side, I'd be on the other. And we'd both be like wearing masks and at least we could like see each other, but we like couldn't touch, you know? And I had a roommate who's high risk and he has a roommate who is like very, you know, scared as well. And so, I mean, I, we were all scared of course. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we didn't want to like do anything to like obviously put my roommate in uh, any sort of a compromised position. And so, yeah, we, things started opening up though. So finally, you know, we are seeing each other now and, and going back and forth. And um, so that's good. We do plan on like moving in together um, and hopefully we're going to move to California. So I'm hoping it's going to be in January. <laughs> um, if you need a place, maybe you could live in our place. I don't, I don't even know what's happening with our place in California. We just have this like condo that's sitting there. Oh, really? Oh, well, hey, let's talk, talk after. <laughs> exactly. But three months without seeing each other talk about sexual tension. Wow. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that was rough. <laughs> uh, so guys, I originally told Amy I wanted her to do a few lines as her character, Lisa, from rent to pal to the song Twilight by Vanessa Carlton. But especially after listening to you and hearing more of your story about having like struggles with um, certain body things and just disease and just trying to like heal yourself and come out on the other side of everything and feeling like it's been a full circle moment for you. I felt like rain on me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande actually was very fitting for the end of our time together. Um, so I sent you the lyrics. I just texted them to you. So if you want, you can just pick a few lines and do them as Lisa. Um, so I'll let you look at that. Um, and meatballs while Amy's looking at the rain on me lyrics, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and guys, um, thank you for just reviewing and rating the podcast and, you know, just supporting what's your Jersey. I love it. I love having Amy on and Amy, I have a question. Did you get any of the lyrics I sent you for rain on me? Yeah. I feel bad because I never heard this song before. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Amy, that's <laughs> even better. You don't have to sing it. Oh, I just okay. The lyrics resonated. I originally wanted you to like do a few lines as Lisa to Twilight, but then listening to your story, I feel like you just reminded me of Lady Gaga and like having to like come through um, and pull through mentally and having like physical ailments and stuff. Like I feel like Rain on Me is all about uh, now there's a phone going off (laughs) of errors right now, guys. I love it. Um, (laughs) It's the God saying, Amy and Jacqueline, you need to hang out and actually talk in person. (laughs) I think so. I agree with that. (laughs) Um, I felt like a lot of these lyrics kind of go with your full circle story of manifesting, meditating, healing yourself and getting this role and accomplishing your childhood dreams. So if you could look at the lyrics and just pick like a line or two and say them as Lisa, I feel like that would be a really fun way to close out the podcast. Okay. Gotta live my truth, not keep it bottled in so I don't lose my mind. Baby, yeah, I can feel it on my skin. It's coming down on me, teardrops on my face. Water like misery. How was that? That was great! <laughs> I felt like we were transported into Rent-A-Pal again. That was Aww. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> you it. Um, thank you so much for being here. Amy, please pimp yourself out. She has a class to go teach like right now. So <laughs> I want you to just tell the meatballs where they can find all of your classes, Rent-A-Pal, just you, because you're just so awesome and inspiring. Thank you. Um, so you can find me, my meditation classes on meditatewithamy.com. 
my acting website is amyrutledge.net. And you can find me on Instagram at amyrutledge443. And I'm on Twitter, but I just started using Twitter. So I'm still like kind of getting used to it, but I'm Amy M. Rutledge. Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Oh my God. Here. I wish I could give you a hug right now. Yeah, me too. I love oh, you so much. I love you and your perfect pink. You're like gem, like a modern gem in 2020. I just have to say. Ah, that is like the best compliment ever. I love gem. I like, oh. I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm like, I need to be her for Halloween this year, I think. I think you really do. Like your costume was already like half done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so definitely. yeah, definitely be her. Now there's rose gold microphones you can order on Amazon. I'll send you the link. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, and you could torture your boyfriend with them because they're really fun karaoke microphones. Again, a, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> um, I love you. Thank you for being here. Um, you're the too. best. Guys, go watch Rena Pal and support Amy Rutledge. She's the shit. And Meatballs, thank you for listening. I hope you all stay safe, healthy, and do something that makes you laugh this weekend. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. You were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I 